0: Welcome to this 3D Magnet interview with Kyle Vancouvering from the Department of Otolaryngology Head and Neck Surgery at the University of Michigan in the USA. Today we'll be discussing his work using 3D printing for surgical planning for infants and in the construction of personalized masks for sleep apnea. Hi Kyle.
1: Hi, how are you?
0: Great, thanks. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you for joining us today. So can you talk us through your background and how you became involved in the medical 3D printing field?
1: Sure. Um, I actually graduated from the University of Michigan uh, with a degree in biomedical engineering when I was an undergraduate student and then went on to the University of Virginia for my M.D., I returned back to Michigan actually for my residency and it was really great reconnecting with some of the people that I had spent time with studying as an undergrad. I had always wanted to put my engineering background into a clinical use in medicine and so early in my residency I began talking with Dr. Green. Uh, about some of the work he was doing with 3D printing and how it was directly impacting patient outcomes. And for me, this was the perfect blend of creativity and engineering in a directly translatable clinical application. Um, and so our group has really just continued to explore new and interesting ways to utilize this 3D printing technology for uh, patients.
0: Great, thanks. Please could you tell us a little about your research group's current focuses?
1: Sure. Um, I think broadly our group is focused on continuing to look for unique and translatable applications of of 3D printing across the entire field of otolaryngology. And this really ranges from applications to treat things like pediatric airway diseases, for example, the airway splint and the CPAP masks that we've worked on, uh, to creative reconstructive tools and devices that are custom fitted for uh plastic surgical applications and that sort of thing.
0: Great. So your research group is currently conducting a clinical trial into how 3D printing could be utilized to create personalized medical devices for children with sleep apnea. Could you tell us a little about this project and are there any preliminary findings that you could share with us?
1: Yeah, yeah, it's really it's a great story. The project started about Two and a half years ago, there was a boy that was coming uh, to our pediatric otolaryngology clinic, and he had a craniofacial disorder called Treacher-Collins syndrome, mm-hmm. and basically as a result of that syndrome, his facial bones failed to develop properly, okay. and so he had, he had a very flattened facial appearance, and his cheeks were very flattened, and he had a very small chin, but a pretty large nose relative to the rest of his face, mm-hmm. so be because of those uh, facial abnormalities, he really had a difficult time sleeping, and he had pretty significant sleep apnea that was affecting his school performance and, and quality of life. Um, the best treatment for sleep apnea in the pediatric population uh, after adenotonsillectomy is usually uh, CPAP, um, at least for particular times during their development and unfortunately he could not find any commercially available masks that would fit his face. Mm, Yeah and so he and his mom and Dr. Green were talking and every couple hours she was waking up in the middle of the night to try and readjust these masks onto his face and they were always sliding off and falling off and Mm -hmm. we thought maybe we could apply some of this 3D printing technology to solve this problem. And so The basic idea was to take a 3D picture of his face and design a mask that's custom fitted to his face. There have been a number of hurdles perfecting that design and we continue to make improvements in the design, but we've been able to create successful masks for a couple of children now that have have basically eliminated their sleep apnea at night and really improved their quality of life. So So we've now expanded that into a clinical trial. We have six Kids who are enrolled in the clinical trial and we continue to design masks and modify the approach for them.
0: Great. So how will you be determining the success of the 3D printed CPAP masks?
1: Um, in short, uh, the the objective data that we use looking at this is it actually comes from the CPAP machine. Okay. Uh, Yeah, the machine can tell you how long they're wearing the mask each night, how effective it is in reducing or eliminating the sleep apnea, and how high the air leak is around the mask. And one of the things these kids really struggle with is uh, air leaking out of the mask and into the eyes and, and around the cheeks and really disrupting their sleep at night. And so we can compare how their old mask was doing when they were using their old mask and compare that to our new 3D printed masks to see how effective they are.
0: Great. Thank you. So what are the benefits of 3D printing in creating medical devices such as these over traditional means?
1: Um, I think over the last 5 to 10, maybe 15 years, 3D printing has really become a very readily accessible and affordable technology for, for and you're seeing now today sort of desktop 3D printers sold at, uh, you know, big box uh, Lowe's and, and that sort of thing. And it's, a, it's really a tremendous technology that allows you to basically design virtually limitless three-dimensional objects digitally on the computer, and then you can manufacture them in a really short time. In medicine, uh, the real benefit is that you can take a unique patient's specific anatomy, whether it be their skeletal anatomy, their facial anatomy, their airway anatomy, whatever the situation may be. And you can design a custom model or device that's tailored to fit that specific anatomy for that specific patient. And then you can take that three-dimensional design from the computer and rapidly manufacture a real device to use for the patient using 3D printing. Uh, the, the technology kind of flips the paradigm of medicine into a personalized approach. So we used to take patients and group them into boxes based on what their clinical disease was and then treat everybody in that box in, in the same fashion. But with 3D printing, we flip that around and actually – use the technology to treat each individual patient differently and uh, specifically. And so this, this whole approach to personalized medicine is just really taking off across the medical field. And I think, you know, 3D printing in and of itself is so much more powerful than traditional manufacturing techniques like milling and molding where where the resources, time, and cost put into doing this sort of personalized approach would really be prohibitive.
0: Mm, it's really interesting. So last year you were lead author on the paper, Antenatal Three-Dimensional Printing of Abhorrent Facial Anatomy. Could you give us some background to this project, please?
1: Oh, sure. Um, so yeah, about a a year, year and a half ago, one of the um, OB doctors approached our team about uh, a fetus who was uh, around 34 weeks at the time, and the fetus's ultrasound showed that he had a mass in the front of his face. Okay. So they got an MRI, and that mass, they thought, could be a tumor that might be blocking his ability to breathe when he was born. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so this becomes a really challenging problem to figure out uh, how you're going to deliver that child because when he needs to take his first breath of life, if there's a mass that's blocking his breathing, that's going to be a problem.
0: Yeah.
1: And so we got multiple MRIs and ultrasounds, but it really was still, no matter how many ways we looked at this, very difficult to clearly see what was going on with this mass. And so Dr. Green and I thought that perhaps – creating a 3D printed model of the face from those same MRI images would provide a better way of looking at this sort of complex anatomy. And this is really the first time this had been done for a fetus looking at that that detailed uh, facial anatomy. Mm -hmm. And so... I took the images from the MRI and built a 3-D model from the images in our model, and then I printed it, and it showed that the mass was really isolated to the upper lip. And that suggested strongly to our team that he'd be able to open his mouth and breathe pretty normally when he was born. Yeah, and so we, we used this model in a bunch of multidisciplinary discussions with the OB doctors and the neonatal uh, pediatricians and the, general surg- or the pediatric surgical team and it was really beneficial in developing a birth plan for his delivery. We were able to proceed with the C-section unevent- uneventfully. And it turned out that the mass was a very large and irregular appearing double cleft lip deformity, uh, and that hit yeah, that has since been corrected and he's really doing tremendously well now.
0: That's great. It's amazing that the technology can be used in that way and the use is growing. So do you anticipate that the antenatal 3D printing might become commonplace in the clinical setting?
1: That's a good question. I think um, I don't necessarily think that antenatal 3D printing will be part of routine prenatal care. Um, although uh, interestingly looking across the web there are a couple of groups who are now exploring using ultrasound and 3D ultrasound to create 3D models of fetuses for mothers, uh, sort of just as a social bonding uh, experiment, uh, not really for a direct medical application. Uh, but I think from a medical standpoint, there will be more and more situations where people recognize that Looking at a 3D-printed model gives you a different look at complicated anatomy with a hands-on appreciation that can be beneficial over the traditional sort of sliced-up two-dimensional pictures from an MRI or a CT scan. And I think that as as the technology continues to progress, we will continue to see uh, occasional sporadic antenatal applications Uh, in things like complex airway management and maybe complex cardiac abnormalities or even someday to practice uh, surgical operations on the fetus while still in the the uterus. Mm,
0: It's so interesting. So finally, in which areas of medicine do you see the field of 3D printing growing most in the next 5 to 10 years?
1: I'm really excited to see what happens with Personalized medicine and 3D printing uh, over the next decade. I think, you know, interestingly, if I had to kind of guess, over the next five years, I think that we really see a push in expanding the applications of 3D printing for custom implants. And these implants would really probably be designed for structural applications, things like the CPAP masks or the airway splint um, that our group has also been involved with. But uh, as you look out maybe 10 or 15 years down the road, I think we will move from a purely structural Device to something that becomes functional, like a living tissue implant. Yeah. Uh, I think 3D printing will continue to merge with tissue engineering as we work towards this idea of what's called regenerative medicine. And so one day in the not-so-distant future, I think, that we'll be able to use 3D printing to create a uniquely designed and shaped scaffold uh, for living tissue to grow in and around, and then that living tissue could be implanted into a patient to repair or replace tissue or organ function.
0: Great. Thanks so much, Kyle.